Hello, fellow loonies. You're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 18. I'm one of your hosts, Ray. I'm Rebecca. And I'm your final host, Connor. And this week, we're reviewing the dynamic new issue of the Bemis and Burrows run, uh, Moon Knight issue 189. We have a fantastic spotlight on um, probably one of the longest-running Moon Knight villains, Bushman, and uh, possibly a pump... Fun- Pop Funko review. So sit back, relax, grab your issues out, get your concho on. Yes, welcome back, everyone. Uh, hi, Rebecca. How are you? Welcome back. I'm good. Good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And and Connor, how back. how are you? Um, yeah. I am doing rather well. It is a moon degrees in this room, but I have two separate cups of ice cold water, so I am more than ready to go. <laughs> awesome. Is it is it uh is it cold over your way, Rebecca? Or it's so cold. <laughs> 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 we are frost. <laughs> We're frost outside right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're apparently heading for our coldest winter for a decade. Oh gosh. Oh, wow. um, we should probably... And yes, you can. It's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we should. It's a little probably... bit exciting. I was about to say we should probably just talk to each other about uh, each of our own, um, you know, the weathers that we have, and and kind of appease each other with how you know cool or how hot it is. Yeah. Funnily um... enough, the last bad winter we had, my partner was over in Australia for, and kept going, "It's so hot," and I'd be like, "Look <laughs> at my four foot icicle." <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we tend to be in sharp contrast with each other. Um, yeah. Anyway, loonies, um, welcome back to episode eighteen now. Um, and as Connor mentioned, we're we're going to launch into um, very exciting to have uh, the Bemis and Burroughs second issue. Uh, so we're looking forward to to reviewing that. Uh, as always, it will be kind of like a, a conventional um, review. Uh, Part one, we always do the the panel by panel breakdown, but we'll we'll get into uh, the bare bones, um, the aspects, uh, and also the Crescent Dart ratings for that one. Uh, but before we get into that, I guess uh, one of the big things that dropped uh, this week was the Avengers Infinity War trailer, and I'm taking it both of you have have seen it. Several Just a times. couple of times. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was my next question. Yeah, how many times? Uh, um, yeah, uh, general thoughts. What, what do you think, uh, Rebecca? First off, of uh, of what you what you saw. Um, I just want these films now. No, it was a great trailer. It was a great mm. trailer. That they, they, it feels like we're culminating, like it's culminating to something big, and that's the sense they got across, both with the teaser trailer yeah. and then with the trailer. Um, I don't think they gave very much of the story away, which is great. Um. Oh, it's just nice to see them all together again. And, like, there's a sense of dread. Yeah. There's a sense of sadness about it. Yeah. And it all sort of captured it perfectly for me. A bit of excitement, a bit of sadness, a bit of, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, Which has launched a billion speculations, (laughs) uh, even in my head. I've already plotted out the next two films. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, there there were some juicy bits in it, and... uh... Yeah, and it definitely has that buzz of, um, of I guess when we first, you know, in the MCU got all the the singular heroes together for the Avengers. To me, it's kind of got that kind of buzz as well. Uh, but at the same time, as you know, the likes of uh, 
seeing Doctor Strange amongst them and, and even Spider-Man, uh, they kind of, they fit in really well, I think. So it, it, it's really assuring, I guess, the trailer for what we are going to get in April next year. Um, yeah, yeah, we get it April, America, you get it May. Don't worry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Connor, how about you? Did you, what were your thoughts? Yeah, you guys um, covered it pretty well. I just, yeah, I love the trailer. I agree. It's got that kind of sort of this real hype behind it, but it also seems like a really sort of dire movie too. You know, it's still sort of bleak and it'll be a big struggle for these heroes that we've really seen grow. And I love Spider-Man so much and he'll be there. He'll be hanging out. He'll be shooting his webs. And I mean, I really do just love all of these. They've all, even as someone who probably a couple of years ago wasn't even that sold on the MCU, wasn't that big a fan, like... I, it's just progressed to a point where I just love all these characters. I love where they're at. I love how they're portrayed, and I just cannot wait. Yeah. And I we got Black Panther before that, too, so... I know. Good. I'm so yeah. excited. What a good time. I was about to say, as well, Black Panther, um, we've only seen him in Civil War, like, as a as a cameo. And yet again, yeah, he, he slots right in into the... And it seems like he's... And we love him so much already. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait for the, the Black Panther trailer. Those trailers have been... And I don't know if you saw, they announced overnight last night, so, yeah. um, that Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be a rom-com. Oh, great. Oh, that puts a smile and on my face. And it just made me think that, like, what we've, what we've got coming up is we've got Black Panther, which I think is going to be quite serious. Yeah. Infinity War, which I think is going to be quite serious. Yeah. And it's like, and then they, they sort of wham us with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp as a sort of rom-com, but they've already said it's very much going to you know, impact what goes forward with Avengers 4. Um, and then, so it's just like, I just think it's so clever of them to break it up with a with a sort of comedic one. Yeah, that's right. Like, so it makes the sort of, all the seriousness hit harder. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, and it's just like, there's going to be a lot of people complaining about a rom-com, I'm sure. Uh. But, um, I mean, given that you've got like two potential couples in Ant-Man and the Wasp that are described by the title Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah. it's just, I don't know, I just like going, they're very assured. And, yeah. and they've kind of, you know, whatever you think about the individual films, it's such an achievement oh, yeah. that I think... The Infinity War is, it, I mean, it deserves the hype, whether it's good or bad. Oh, for sure. And it, really, again, it, it just shows that Marvel are not afraid to, I guess, because they've, they've established such a, you know, again, you hear a lot of people saying they've earned it. They've established this kind of universe and they can now start playing around with, with all sorts of genres. So, yeah, that just puts a smile on my face. A rom-com, Ant-Man, that sounds so apt for it as well. I mean, it, it really... does as well. It's just, oh, and then we've got yeah. Captain Marvel and then Avengers 4, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel with uh, with Jude Law in there. So, oh, yeah. oh gosh, <laughs> everything's just it's Marvel is really uh you know they've got a stranglehold on things. Um, I really do hope DC as well. I mean, look, I didn't mind Justice League. You know, uh, there were kind of lesser, better ones. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're trying to. Do I like, like I I thought Justice League was honestly fine. I yeah, I mean actually yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, like and exactly. my quibbles with it are minor enough that I'd have the same quibbles with any film. And I agree. I want DC to come out that gate and just, I want them to find their own voice. Yes, like, rather I want them than to yeah. know where they want to go. And it, they don't have to. And maybe that voice is not connecting the films yeah. and just giving us kick-ass films. Oh yeah, which I they've want stated. to see those characters done well. Yeah, and they've stated that right. They've said that. Someone said that. The... I think I think it's rumored that that's what might. Yeah. 
what might happen given the number of films they've announced and the yeah. difficulty you would have connecting all those films, including sort of multiple Joker films, multiple Harley yeah. films. Yeah. Um, that maybe they'll just say, let's make good films that are in the DC world and kind of do what we've done with the animated ones. Yeah. Which the D- I mean, like DC's animated films are off the chart good. Yeah. Uh, you know, like just just give people what they want from the comics and not worry about trying to do what Marvel have done because they can still be great films and they'll still all be DC films. They That's just, right. But connecting films is... I think Marvel have found it difficult and I think... Uh, or increasingly difficult, especially with like uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s pay going up, but all of their pay going up. And um, I think maybe when Feige talks about the MCU going forward and saying it's going to be very different, that we might get much more what we just saw in Thor, which is a couple of them together, but not this massive yeah. group ups. Cause and that's it's a it, lot. To, yeah. And it takes very special filmmakers to get that right. True. And it still works with a with a reduced, you know, with a, a guest appearance here and there. It, it works still, great. It work, I it mean, does, look at Winter yeah. Soldiers, their highest rated one, and that's just like yeah. three of them, isn't it? It's just exactly. like... Uh, Sam, Steve, and Natasha. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'd imagine it's a lot easier to write for, and and uh, everyone gets a, a decent, you know, from an acting point of view, everyone gets a decent mm-hmm. slab at it. So, um, but yeah, yeah well, I mean, also just kind of pulling it back into, I guess, Infinity War and uh, and into the street level heroes. Did anyone see uh, someone made that fan made um, trailer where they included the defenders in there? I did. Oh no! Oh, I did. It just made me sad seeing it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it uh, made me a little sad seeing it. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun to see. <laughs> um, I but... I'm not a hundred percent certain we won't see something like that. I think it's more like to be an Avengers four. Okay, because that was what, where I was kind of leading towards. I was wondering, is there any possible chance, like anything that would, I think so? Yeah, that would get a nod, at least a nod. Like even if it isn't. Even if it isn't, you know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, even if it's one of the secondary cast members or something, yeah, I think. No, you mean even if it's someone like Moon Knight? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I was he means like, if it's um, someone like Karen Page. I was about to say Sam Stone, but he, um, anyway, but uh, it's it's like, <laughs> uh, I've got to reel that in, he's uh, uh, like Karen Page, yeah, exactly. Or uh, or yeah. what's that guy's name? Ellis, <laughs> the uh, the reporter. No, I think I think I think it, honestly, I think if we get any of it, it'll be one of the heroes. Mm. Um, okay. Because from what I understand, uh, or what I I heard it once that explained why it's so difficult to get them in. Yeah. And it's to do with um, actors' contracts. And yeah. Yes. Yes. Different rates of pay you have to give them if they perform that character in a different medium yeah that, that's what i heard yeah. as well which, um, yeah which means it's much easier to separate them so i think if you're going to get karen page you might as well go daredevil mm, i mean true. like you know it's the same it's the same issue so yeah yeah so like just um i i i kind of i kind of want the agents of shield in there more oh that would be good yeah i mean yeah how about something like that or, or cloak and dagger or uh you know the other yeah those would be cool yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's out of I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah. Okay. Well, especially I'm... if it was um, a very quick clip that it didn't actually have to be the same actor in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that, Rebecca. <laughs> and, uh... Okay. <laughs> hold me to that. I'm always hopeful about seeing everyone I love together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And, uh, that said, too, on the subject of like the uh, MCU Agents of Shield return this week, I didn't watch it, but 
uh, positive <laughs> oh, reception is great. Was it good? And Runaways sounds like it's doing pretty well as well. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching Runaways as well, Rebecca? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> how about um? How about Gifted? Maybe. Is Gifted still on? Gifted, I think, took a break. Okay. Yeah, I, I, have to... I don't think there's been an episode for a couple of weeks or for a week at least. So. Gosh, I've got to ca- catch up with all of them. I have. I've only still only up to episode three of Inhumans. Did you finish Inhumans? Anyone? Rebecca? Yeah, of course Honest? I did. Yeah, well, yeah it, was it good? Or <laughs> what, what were the overall? It, yeah. It's not great. Oh. It's did not it get great. better? It got better in the middle, and then kind of by the end, oh, I think, no. I think the of... last two episodes may have involved a lot of shouting at the TV. Oh, fizzles. Um, of like, oh. why would he do that? Why oh. is she doing that? But, you know, I like the characters, and yeah. I think they did a good... I think the actors did a good job with the characters and what they had, and yeah. um, it's a shame, because I love the Inhumans, and yeah, their Lockjaw yeah. was awesome. You reckon there might yeah. be a um, season two, or...? I don't... So I think if there was going to be one, we'd have probably had it announced by now. But yeah. I did jokingly say that Black Bolt should turn up at the end of Infinity War and oh, blast, just but... scream at just Thanos. scream at him, yeah, just yeah. scream at Thanos. Yeah. We get Lockjaw, Lockjaw um, to come up and and take on Thanos. Oh, That'd be yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, you mean as in the Ryan North one page? Yeah, where he steals Thanos' glove. <laughs> yeah, or in the uh, the Pet Avengers, uh, which we read recently. Yeah, the as Pet well. Avengers. That's what we should really have going on. But yeah. yeah, I mean. Who knows? But Marvel <laughs> certainly has a big playground. They certainly do, and uh, and look, I guess um, we we really have to kind of angle it back towards uh, the main topic of this podcast, Moon Knight. So uh, a bit of a nice segue here. If we go into the news articles that we have, uh, and we've just touched upon it, I guess just just then um, about the new Avengers Four set and rumours mm-hmm. of Jeremy Renner. Um, the rumours of Ronan. So, uh, Connor or Rebecca, do, do you mind uh, just describing? Uh, are you familiar with Ronan or um, or not I even know slightly? Of his existence. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Hawkeye going underground, and that's when Kate takes on the name Hawkeye, isn't it? While he's yes. going off doing his things as Ronan oh. in Japan. Yes, and um, he uh, is but very yes, mysterious. The costume figure. he is in. In the Vanity Fair pictures, etc., are all very much Ronin style. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and that's quite exciting. Uh, in, in the article as well, there's a, a, a touches a little upon. Um, well, there's a mention of Moon Knight, hence it comes up in my my alerts um, thing. But uh, Moon Knight did feature in in um, in that comic run as well with Ronin. Oh, uh, and was it okay. an echo as well? But uh, look, I don't think there's any connection there with uh, possibly seeing you know, Moon Knight in uh, Avengers Four. But uh, still, an interesting article, I guess. Nevertheless, I'm I'm a big fan of is, um, yeah. of Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye's a pretty uh, um, he's kind of like that everyday man, you know. He he's actually mixing it amongst. Uh, and I can imagine if it is the likes of say, yeah, say Daredevil or Moon Knight in the Avengers, Hawkeye's the closest thing mm-hmm. to it. Because he literally is just a guy, who, you know, can actually shoot, you know, shoot, yeah. shoot well. But that's about it. Um, and uh, and he's made fun of it himself in the Avengers movie, you know, saying I'm just a guy with a bow and arrow going against. Yeah. I think that was in in Ultron. So, yeah, a bit of a bit of an interesting article there. Um, a slight uh, a slight nod to, to Moon Knight. But um, how about the next one, Connor? Um, we have uh, for the news. Yeah, I'm um, just. Um... Uh, 
nice little uh, article in general th- uh, talking about, um, uh, well, the DCEU more so bringing in the, the like, first ever um, Jewish hero in the form of Sh- uh, Shazam and referencing also as well um, Flash being Jewish in uh, the Justice League movie. And then, of course, our very own uh, Jewish hero, Moon Knight. I guess that's yeah, connection. I, d- I think it's just I, a gen- I disagree oh. with it, though. Yeah? Because oh, we've, had, okay. we've had Fantastic Four films, and certainly in the last one, which was terrible, uh, Ben Grimm was certainly Jewish. Oh, that's it? true. Yes. Yeah. So... Well, yeah. Hmm. Um, so this is so this article is oh yeah the f- features silver screen, um, silver screen's first Jewish yeah. I mean the reason why I pointed this out was more. Um, I remember Doug Monch in one of his interviews claimed that Moon Knight was the first Jewish superhero. Not not you know if you take away the silver screen thing, but um, yeah. And I was just looking at the other. They have a list. Um, I can't seem to get it on the the tablet here with. The rest of the article. I mean, even Ben Grimm was retconned to be Jewish. Yeah, I yeah. believe was yeah. originally oh, Jewish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, you're right. Because he far, um, uh, he came before Moon Knight um, by yeah. you know, a decade or so. Uh, I can't get this uh, thing to work. The, what, sorry, Connor, have you got the list of um, who the the Jewish heroes are? No, I got us. I uh, got us. Um, what was it uh, subscriber blocked? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, that's what I'm getting as there's, well. There's okay. uh, Wiccan and Hulk. Well, there's uh, Wiccan. Okay, yes. very young, though. Um, yeah. Songbird. Ah, uh, oh. yeah. Right, okay, I didn't know that. But I think Moon Knight swings it, unless you... And like I said, I think... I believe Ben Grimm was retconned to be Jewish. Right, yeah. yeah uh, yeah. Kitty Pride. Oh, uh, yeah, she's she's 70s, right? Uh, yeah, 70s as well. Yep, yep. Um, there's got to be others. Oh, um, one of eight, a force. Is it Sasquatch? One of ah, them yes. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Right. Yep. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's got a, like a Polish name. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> it's not um, an area I know very well. I know I should know all the Jewish areas. I just know the ones I like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's uh, it has a little a little spiel there on Moon Knight. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, Rebecca, the next article that we've got on the list: the eight comics you should read this week from comicbook.com. Yeah. I mean, let's have a look. Oh well, they are yeah, they're pretty good. Let's have a look at them. Uh, obviously, yeah. they mentioned Moon Knight. You wouldn't have linked to it. Yeah. Motor Crush Eight. Oh yeah. Anyone read that? Uh, or? Yeah, I'm loving that series. That is a really fun and weird series actually but it's kind of that classic image flair of kind of crazy concept with great creators making great books yeah that's cool that is a great creative team dark hawk 51 oh yes great. i haven't read it yet oh i didn't read that oh my god it was Connor, great <laughs> um i wasn't expecting it to be great but it was great really okay um, i'm excited yeah then. it was fun um I don't know where this music is coming from. Oh. Um, Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean Grey. Also I, I read great. the um, great book. Yeah. yeah, it is a good book, isn't it? It's one of those um, hmm. yeah, uh, small ones that you don't really wasn't expecting it to be good at all. Yeah. And then, what's it? Kaiju. Um, Kaiju Max season three number five. 
Mm. I've never even heard of that. No. It's like, um, it's basically sort of like a prison story, but involving like, uh, like kaiju. So like, you know, those really classic <laughs> Japanese monsters, not actually referencing like Godzilla, but sort of like no, that, you giant. I love the warning on the front cover though. Suggested for mature readers for kaiju drug use. <laughs> Made up cuss words, copious blood and guts. <laughs> yeah. They could probably sell me on that. Um... <laughs> Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball. There's there's quite a vast range here, isn't there? It's, um, there's a really yeah. John Wick number one, which is the new Greg Pak, right? Uh, Everyone, it's, okay, yeah, it's yeah. been getting a lot of good bars. I didn't really fancy it. Uh, the the comic I or the, the movie? Yeah, I haven't movie. seen the movie either. Nah, the thing is that like I think it released in America a long time before it did for us, and it had right. such hype yeah, by the time. Such hype before it got to her that when we I went to see it, I was just like, "It's all right," yeah. you know, like it's it's not the second coming, but it's fine, you know. Like, oh, okay. Moon Knight, yeah, Moon Knight, yeah, which we'll get into soon, loonies. Just bear with us. Yeah, yes. we still getting its um, positive buzz. Yeah. yeah, which is great. We narrow annual. Okay. Has anyone read um, Batman read... Creature of the Night? Does anyone read Green Green Arrow the Annual? How does that rate against a TV show? I haven't show? been, but I know that um, again, people um, in the serious issues groups have been really saying that Green Arrow is great in Rebirth. Oh, okay, so... cool, cool. Um, and, it's uh, on my Batman... list. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, it's me going yeah. speeding through them. <laughs> oh no, I was just saying, and Batman Creature of the Night was yeah. just absolutely ten out of ten. That is, if yeah. you love comic books, yeah. just read that. It's just a yeah. lot of people it have been talking great. about it. Yeah, mm. yeah, I might have to pick that. And one that's up. a real one-two whammy with Moon Knight. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, <laughs> I think they fit very well together for obvious reasons, and not because it's about Batman. Um, <laughs> there's some there's some very interesting thematic similarities. Right. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that looks good. Um, and did we mention the other oh, one? Oh, the last one, Zagus. Zagus, which I have absolutely zero idea of what that is, but it looks pretty funky. There's a. It does look funky. Yeah. Funky art. Yeah. It's the yeah, discovery it's the, of the week, have... according to them. Um, yeah, if you guys have um, so, I mean, it's kind of indie popular. A, a comic called Copra. It's like um, oh, I forget the creator's name. Um, but it's like his sort of fun little take on the Suicide Squad and it is very good and this like graphic I've heard novels like amazing. always work. Yeah, it really is in this graphic novel. Zagus is just like all his work before he did Co uh, Copra. Copra. Uh, right. Copra. Uh, Michael Fifth? Michael Fifth? Is that him? Yeah, cool. Michelle. Michelle. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. Well, okay. Well, I mean, well, um, that, yeah. you know, I just picked this one from comic books, uh, comicbook.com but there are a lot of reviews on on Moon Knight issue 189 which we will we will get into um yeah the other look the other uh last two articles that of note were uh what we discussed just just at the beginning of the episode about the Infinity War uh trailer dropping uh, which uh has been massively um viewed and and was what the highest is the highest trailer in 24 hours to ever. be viewed ever. Hours, yeah. so, by a big margin I think too like a yeah it was by 40 100 million, million views yeah. <laughs> no I think it was yeah, by 40 they... million I think it was like 190 to 230 wow and that was like uh, the the oh. thank yous from Marvel were uh, were the most prominent I thought like 
Like, you oh, know, it's always good to hear. The teaser trailer before that was talking about it all coming to an end with all the YouTube people. Yeah. Oh, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so sweet. And then afterwards, the thank you for making it. And it was just like, oh. Yeah, it was such a, yeah, it was it was very um, kind of like in your face in, in, in a good way. It was good. Um, yeah, and Connor, the last article, I mean, we don't want to say too much. Uh, yeah, this is um, Bleeding Cool, who got the first ever Moon Knight like 188 review out, is uh, uh, coming back with another um, Moon Knight 189 review, and it is just as glowing. So give that one a read by uh, Joshua Davidson. Yes, mm. and um, so, uh, you know, from, from what we hear on the internet and, and all the reviews, um, Moon Knight by Bemis and Burrows is still going really, really well. Um, so, so with that, I think um, I think it's time to go over the moon. <gasps> um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, for over over the moon this episode, we, uh, as mentioned, we're doing crazy runs in the family part two, and uh, we have a another um, special guest narrator with us. And uh, it's something a little a little different again. Um, we all remember last week, uh, Wayne from Courtside Podcast did a, a fantastic job with his two narrations. Uh, um, but we're blessed with uh, a narration now from uh, one of our uh, fellow loonies from our Facebook Absolute group. Absolute superstar. Tell you what, he is. Just this man, they don't call him the Moon Knight detective for nothing. Probably. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He is one hell of a dedicated loony. Uh, it is none other than Tommy Cavill. He's from Michigan, USA. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he he grabbed this with gusto, and uh, he's got his narration of Moon Knight, uh, issue 189. So I won't say too much. This is, um, this is Tommy's guest narration. I must say he actually he wrote, edited, and narrated this all himself as well so thank you so much Tommy Damn. for the massive effort um, uh, guys and, and and listeners if you if you got a, a cup of tea or something um, just get yourself nice and mm -hmm. comfy because uh, this is a long one and it's uh, a really a really nice listen so uh, let's throw it to Tommy for his bare bones What's happening, loonies? Welcome to the Bare Bones. This is Tommy Cavill, your friendly neighborhood high school English teacher, loony for hire, and proud member of the Into the Night community. This week's Bare Bones is Jones and I'm Moon Knight 189, Crazy Runs in the Family Part 2. Written by Max Bemis, penciled by Jason Burroughs, pages 1 through 9 inked by Burroughs, and 10 through 20 by Guillermo Ortego. Colored by Lopez, Lettered by Virtual Calligraphy's Corey Pettit, and edited by Jake Thomas. Covered by Jason Burroughs and Matt Lopez. Released November 29, 2017, 189 was previewed with the question, Can Moon Knight handle the truth? Well, much to Nicholson's chagrin, I think our few good men can handle the truth as we finally get our man, well, our men, in Marvel Legacy action. 
Friday. It's quiet. At least as quiet as a 20-year-old subway train roaring down the tracks can be. A conductor is whistling while he works, safely conducting passengers on New York's underground, thinking about his hot date with his stamp collection. Suddenly, the body of a huge, tattooed man appears behind the driver. Covered in mysterious markings, all midnight, this figure reaches for the driver from the shadows, oddly giving off a phosphorescent blue light. Offended by the driver's content demeanor, this mysterious bulk says aloud that this victim will learn the truth. With one touch, the shadowed figure infects the hapless driver with a nameless infliction. The driver's skin turns a ghastly shade of blue while deep azure veins crawl across the driver's face. The disease spreads. The driver's eyes are equally afflicted with the vine-like veins but glow with a deep, painful red glaze. Blood oozes from the sockets as the man screams out his new truth. The vision of the assailant. In a final panel, the driver accelerates the train car, dooming himself and all his passengers. The narratives paused as we get a little bit of a backstory for our New Moon loonies. Previously in Moon Knight 188, a mysterious nameless patient was admitted to Ravencroft Asylum after committing multiple homicides by fire. Seeking to understand his mental illness, his doctor, using Mark Spector's case as a template, attempted to have her patient see how he, too, can use the allegory of the gods to better understand his obsession. Where Spectre turned to the moon god, the man known as Patient 86 found meaning in Amon-Ra, the sun god. He set fire to the asylum with his doctor inside, using nothing but his own body. Patient 86 left, convinced he is the earthly aspect of Amon-Ra, and he is very upset at his son, Kanchu. We're thrown into a five-panel bar fight. As Burroughs and Lopez washed-out design suggests, the setting isn't important. But there's a fish mounted to the wall, closely watching the blood of drug dealers and slavers paint the broken tables and glass-strewn floor. Moon Knight is entered with a proper vengeance and easily takes out the four poorly groomed thugs. After kicking a carbonadium boot in one's face, Mooney knocks out the clown by throwing another goon into a pile of depraved flesh. Moon Knight finishes the fray with a swift kick to the fourth man's throat. The fish on the wall is almost smiling. See, Kanchu has been narrating this whole time. He speaks as if everything we see has happened in the past. 
one can't help but wonder if this legitimizes Kanchu as a reality. Regardless, Kanchu's voice employs alliteration and strong imagery to complement the surgeon-like precision that Mark Spector's Moon Knight uses in the fight. After all, Mark Spector is crazy, but, well, he's also a bloody-knuckled superhero. Changing his nearly pristine, all-white tactical suit, cape, and cowl for street clothes, Spectre returns to his apartment, beat up, but patched up, in a spotless white peacoat and a soiled white t-shirt. He greets his elderly landlord, carefully, kindly. Her name's Mavis, and he gets ready for bed. His studio, hostile-like apartment, is sparsely decorated. In fact, the peeling plaster and box TV give the appearance of an early 2000s roach motel. Yet, Mark, he seems content. He's tired, but at peace. He carefully irons his Moon Knight regalia before bed and passes out in a tumble of bedsheets. He awakens as Stephen Grant. Kanchu and Mark, presumably established as two of four identities, look on as Stephen gets ready for the day. Kanchu with his lifeless bird skull eye sockets, Mark with a resolute look of faith, neither content nor dismayed, neither proud nor angry. Stephen checks his watch and walks out of his skid row digs in a press suit, limo waiting for him. Stephen looks out his car window. We see a scowling Jake Lockley, complete with his jaunty cap and don't-mess-with-me mustache, leering at Stephen in a reflection. Jake is crazy, by the way. If Mark is crazy, Jake is quasi. Still, Stephen Grant seems happy. He has his wealth. He has his station. He has direction. The page turns, setting changes. We move from the muted but colorful world of Stephen Grant to a washed out soup kitchen. Patient 86 looks like an orange Julius Messiah. He's calm, moves slowly. He's gracious. He too has direction. He's looking for someone. Patient 86 questions a busker who leads him to a smack slinger in a Harlem park. Maybe Marcus Garvey. She hints that the man he is looking for calls himself the Living Death. He sets up shop in the Bronx. Patient 86 questions a drunk hobo, another veteran. That leads to Myra. (laughs) Myra, an aged escort. She confirms the projects patient 86 is looking for. 86 has found his source. Now just to secure the fix. Return to Stephen Grant and Conchu's narration. We find out that Stephen Grant has maintained a successful enterprise, even while Mark and his other shades have been away at Ravencroft. 
Celebrating a great win for the company, we also learn that Steven has divested himself of the company's holdings and diverted his funds completely to the Lunar Lives Fund. A cover for his work as Moon Knight? A charity for the youth of New York? We quickly learn how Steven prefers to spend his time as he leaves an after party and soars into the gaping maw of the night as a crescent-caped Moon Knight. New page, new strand. It's patient 86. His smile, a clementine. His hands, a blur of scarred tissue. He wants to see the man who acts as ruler of the projects and calmly places a hand on a thug's shoulder. The thug reacts. The patient 86 warns the grunt. Please, he says. I don't want to have to burn you. All while that citrusy smile suggests unparalleled sincerity. The thug presses. 86's eyes become flames, and the smile fades. Patient 86 ignites the guard with nothing but his hand. What was once the grunt is nothing more than cremated remains. And Patient 86 calmly walks through the living death's door. The crash scene. Flames everywhere. The dead strewn across a platform. Yet others, crazed with blue liquid dripping from their eyes, are being restrained by the cops. Engineers inspect the crash. Moon Knight isn't there to clean up the mess, though. He's there to take out the trash. He sneaks past the wreckage, walks down the tracks, and uses his singular detective skills to seek out his prey. The tunnel takes on a blue light. Moon Knight's white regalia remains. Switching to a utility light on his left gauntlet, Moon Knight enters a storage room and finds his prey. Like a cat keeping watch over its rodent quarry, the villain we come to know simply as the truth broods in the darkness, his victims squealing their induced nightmares. One victim is self-aware. He claws at Moon Knight, pleading for help. Moon Knight presses forward, shining his wrist-mounted light on the truth. The truth cracks his knuckles and then threatens Moon Knight. Next page, different story. Moon Knight sneaks in a right hook, blood is shed, and one of the truth's four lip rings is ripped right from his flesh. Another cross, the left this time, and a right elbow to the truth's orbital. Finally, the truth is frustrated. He raises Moon Knight by the throat and sends his blue sickness through the cowl. It seems that Moon Knight is ready to succumb to the truth's own truth. There is no moon god, Moon Knight states. Just another sick delusion. But no, Moon Knight knows what's up. He jabs himself in the face to wake from this misappropriated dream. Something changes. Moon Knight's otherwise pristine mask shows blood. He loves the pain. Grabbing a crescent dart, this newly energized Moon Knight slices the truth in the forearm and shovel kicks the brute in the belly. There's a breath, 
a beat. Moon Knight speaks to Mark Spector's personalities and quickly switches from Mark Spector Moon Knight to Jake Lockley Moon Knight. Or is it Mr. Knight? Shedding the cowl of Conchu, this new Moon Knight controlled by Jake Lockley rolls back his face mask and speaks to the truth from a poorly shaven mug. This caped Mr. Knight has had it. He instigates the truth, suggesting he's a sexual predator, spits a loose tooth at the bloodied truth, and Triple Dog dares the truth to try to read Jake Lockley's mind, albeit with a few expletives. Like I said, Jake is flipping crazy. He's also a cab driver. The shadow of Mark Spector reminds Jake Lockley to refrain from murder. But there's a strange energy in the air. The truth is shocked, literally, by the darkness of Lockley's mind, all hidden from Mark. Jake's Moon Knight deftly throws two crescent darts at the truth, piercing the villain in the eyes. Two devil-horned accoutrements. Is he dead? Disabled? Conchu and Stephen Grant's shades do not approve. A surprising departure for Conchu, speaking more like Crawley than the moon god of vengeance himself. Regardless, Mark Spector's Moon Knight shakes it off. The truth's victims awaken from their poison nightmare. <laughs> We return to the infiltrated projects. Patient 86 enters with a polite knock. He promises not to take much of the living death's time. In fact, he gets straight to the point. I was put on this earth to destroy Khonshu. Patient 86 states that he is the manifestation of Khonshu's father, Amun-Ra. Patient 86 is personally offended that Kanchu continues to breathe and spread his truth of descent through the fouled avatar Mark Spector. More than that, Mark is a Hebrew, a Jew, a once slave of the Egyptian Empire. Yet, Patient 86 needs help. He needs the living death. The mysterious man they call the living death speaks. He admits, patient 86 is insane, but it takes more than a crazed mortal to take down Mark Spector. A blaze of light, heat, and sizzling wires. Patient 86 ignites the living death's console. This isn't any man in a chair. It's Bushman. Raul Bushman in the flesh laughing and pleased that he has a new alliance, another partner in the task to end Mark Spector. Except, well, he's gained some weight. Sure, passionate, crazed, stacked with firepower, but probably real slow. Hey, with that, my fellow loonies, I leave it to our high priests of Conchu. Ray, Connor, it's been a blast. Thank you for the fun. I don't know about my performance, but 
I rate the experience 5 out of 5 crescent darts. Keep Mooney weird. Yes. Well, that's pretty awesome. That was <laughs> that an was amazing an odyssey. I tell you what. <laughs> Thank you very um, much, Tommy, for that. That is a crazy amount of effort. Oh gosh, thanks. It, uh, so much. it was so so easy to listen to, and uh, I'm just amazed at uh, just the talent, like in the Looney community. Like Tommy's uh, Tommy's come in and uh, he's written an awesome. To me, I, I just had visions of Tom Waits, like the way he's described stuff <laughs> as well. It's that kind of, you know, CD kind of atmosphere. It's brilliant. So thank you so much, Tommy. You're uh, just going to call Tommy CD. <laughs> no, 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 no. The world, the world he's created with his, uh, his post. And I tell you, it's, it's exactly, it's kind of like an audio book. You can just chat this on the car and just totally. have a good listen with it. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, so, yes, yeah, Tommy's covered in the guest narration. There, there is a lot that happens in 189. Um, to kick off, uh, Connor, what were the first impressions of the issue as a whole? Um, well, it's certainly um, a different issue from 188, that crazy almost sort of one-shot prelude to all this, and you know now we're seeing Moon Knight. And I think this is such, in every way, such a different run from everything we've seen before and even what we saw in the last issue, but I think it's still just as fantastic, just uh, just as smart, just as smartly written, uh, amazing art. Um, I think this is a rather interesting new direction for Moon Knight, and, I mean, that's going to be, you know, totally up to everyone of how much they like this interpretation. I love it. and um, But I think Moon Knight has always been great with that sort of malleability. I don't think really any of Moon Knight's runs have been so indicative of another and this is just a crazy amazing new vision for our uh, caped brutal crusader yeah for sure um and we'll get into those differences uh, as we get into the issues uh, rebecca what were your thoughts uh, kind of the same that it was another it's it's like it was almost like another issue one mm-hmm. um yeah. so we have white we have basically like 188 kind of stands on its own because it's so much establishing that guy, a patient 86. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is almost like issue one again. So like giving us the status quo for Moon Knight and um, the setting we're going to like the setting of the world we're going to be in. It was still had some beautiful writing in it. Um, the art's still amazing. Oh, um, yeah, that's great. And it, it was just like it's kind of that world of like slight threat always madness never quite going away. Mm. Um, uh, unlike possibly the last couple of Moon Knight runs which are obviously both stellar um, it feels more set in today's world it does, yeah it does yeah, Um, so and for me that's probably the big difference is it it feels not grounded because obviously it's not a grounded kind of thing but like I feel like I can start making parallels to the world around me well you get Um, and 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 just leaves me wanting more, which I mean, you know, is is a good thing. Yeah, I, I think Bemis has done really well to. Um, I think what you're you're saying, Rebecca, as well. He kind of gives a flavour for the city that Moon Knight's in. 
So yeah, exactly. Uh, you get these uh, the these flurry of, of characters like Mavis at the uh, at the hotel, and you get these um, the people that patient eighty six questions. So you get a bit of a slice of of the life in the city, uh, and I think it's from that kind of uh, all these different people like you know the. Um, uh, the escort and, and the old war veteran who's a hobo and uh, you get a but yeah. then even on the other side the businessman that Stephen's hanging out with yes and his what his charity's trying to achieve so what what problems there are with with um, feeding people and it, it's just so like we're getting the whole sort of gamut of like what what the rich people and the poor and the yeah you get random people on the streets that's and, true getting such a different uh, range of people uh, yeah and and um, it's like to also bring it back at what you were saying about it could be easily be like a first issue which totally agree because uh, although issue 188 set up patient 86 um, if you look at this issue the truth kind of just um, uh, kind of appears out of nowhere and if you were to look mm-hmm. at this as a first issue, you could say the same for patient 86. Like he's introduced, you know, with a glowing orange to him uh, in contrast to everything. And he's just another figure that's That was an interesting in choice. That yeah. was a beautiful choice. It was a really, yeah, a very, um, oh, yeah, the colours. And I think it's Ortigo's um, inks, I reckon, has just really augmented um, Burroughs's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the, yeah, yeah, Inkers, Altigo inks the last 10 pages. Last 10 pages. So, so Burroughs, I... does, Burroughs does 1 to 9, Ortega does 10 to 20. Well, I mean, Burroughs does a great job no, with... Nobody correct me on my maths, please. <laughs> well, actually, the, the inking all round is, is fantastic. And, and again, it's that same surprise that you get of, um, of the level of detail that Burroughs goes into. And I think it really comes out with the inking as well. Um, so much detail. So I mean, beautiful. It, it, it shocked me a couple of times. Yeah. Like when the firemen are putting out the train. Yeah, that was a so great shot. So many things going on in the background. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's that reveal shot of the truth sitting um, in that room in the dark, and you have these um, vic- yeah. victims writhing around. But you look at their clothing. It's just really luscious with um, with, with line work. It's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, look, I, I agree with, with both of both of you as well. It was a, um, a really, I felt it was a really strong issue, um, but I can see there are a lot of um, points to it that that may divide some fans' opinions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, let's kind of tease that out with uh, with our aspects. Um, uh, Connor, do you want to go first? Uh, sure, sure. Well. I'm not sure where to start. Shall we start with um, Mark and his personalities or Conchu mm-hmm. as our narrator? Oh, let's go with our personalities and Mark. All right. Well, um, it's certainly, a, I think, a big change up, especially for, I think, Jake's the real big one here. I think yes. we've seen more in this uh, of Stephen Grant in this run than we've seen, probably seen a lot of before outside of... Um, the awesome work between Mark and Stephen in the Lemire run. And Mark... Mm. We probably see the least of in this issue, actually. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the big change up is this uh, crazy, new, brutal Jake personality. Well, not new, but like newly written. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was uh, teased a bit. Apparently, uh, one of the loonies posted up on the on the group. Um, there was a, a, a it was alluded to in I think a previous run that Jake's yeah. a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, 
but it's certainly not if you look at the whole history of it it's certainly not um kind of shown up until only just recently um uh, rebecca what were your thoughts on on jake being i, I guess so different it was it was interesting. I was like, um, I I just I think after the Lamar run, there's kind of maybe like a rejiggling. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely in, felt if you, that. If as you well. say that he's um, if he's kind of not at peace with his personalities, but maybe there's some redefinitions of lines. Yeah. In there, I mean, I think it it's it. Oh, it didn't upset me. No. I was just, I, it led me going like, is this, have we seen this before? Yeah. Um, I kind of, I, I liked seeing more of Steven as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the art kind of, of when you first see Jake and he's doing that side eye, it kind of, it kind of sort of shows you that like, maybe there's something. I, I liked, yeah. how, I liked how it was written and I liked how it came about and yeah. I'm not going to think too much about um, like how that fits into the grand scheme of thing, because I have a feeling we will find out. Yeah, I mean, I, I it did kind of raise an eyebrow with me, um, but I, um, yeah, I'm not not too fussed with it. And and in hindsight, looking at um the previous run with Jeff Lemire, uh, uh, well, let's not forget as well that Jake Lockley was was dressed up as Moon Knight, um, uh, in mm. that last arc in particular. So he he had an affinity for um you know for, for uh, I wouldn't say just violence, but for, for crusading. Um, so, you know, there is a tentative link over there as well. And, and I believe, yeah, it will kind of be um, brought out later on. So uh, it definitely is interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, as a lot of other loonies are speculating, Jake Lockley could be um, Mr. Knight, as, as Tommy mentioned in his narration as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. I, liked, um, I liked how he pulled up the mask and... Yeah. See that. Yeah. Looked... I, I liked how I think that that won me over. Mm. Like you know, just like that that kind of physical change and the physical like I'm going to be this like I'm going to do the, the hyper violence. Yeah. That that persuaded me more than thinking about it. Yeah. Too much. Well, it looked... yeah, actually, totally. Yeah. Agree. Sorry, Connor. Yeah. Oh no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little little nitpick. Um, and don't want to be the killjoy here, but. Uh, what I, I do like um, seeing Jake Lockley with, uh, you know, his mouth revealed and, and him still masked. He's, he looks very much like a superhero. Uh, he, he's produced a five o'clock shadow, which Stephen Grant didn't have previous. So was was that was that like grown um, <laughs> really, really quickly when he changes personalities? Um, I don't know, but it, it, um, it definitely defines uh, the different personalities. Uh, but, you know, we did see Stephen not long ago. There's a, there's a little bit of a leeway when you're doing with the DID kind of stuff because yep. we're not... Sh- I mean, I guess that's what we're seeing, but it could also be what Mark's seeing, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, okay, yeah, true, true. It's a little bit... You're right, it's a little bit, eh. I love people that notice these things because I really don't. I get so <laughs> lost in it. I'm uh, like, I, I yeah. wouldn't even be able to tell you if Stephen Grant had five o'clock shadow. <laughs> Go back and have a look. No, yeah. he didn't. I did, um... I, oh... Um, you want to go, Ray? No, no, sorry, sorry, Connor. Uh, I was going to say. Yeah, no, I, I just kind of agree that it was, it was kind of funny. He was talking about, like, swapping over personalities in the middle of the fight, and Truth's just kind of sitting there like, yeah, do your thing. Just yeah. swap I, on over. I say love hello, that. I love that. Give your mom just, a call. 
Yeah, it just makes him look all the more crazy and unpredictable for his his um foes. Like when this guy is just vocalizing, you know, that he's oh, what should I be now today? Oh, look, I'm not going to use him. I'm going to use him. It just really highlights how crazy Moon Knight is, and and I thought that was a nice touch by Bemis, because uh, you generally it's more of an internal monologue. It seems prior. Um, the only mm-hmm. the only other one that I really that really stands out for me was um, in Houston's run. I think it was issue fourteen where he's being interviewed by the psychiatrist uh, uh, as to to be assessed to to get um, a registration card or not a, a superhero registration card and he flicks like he, he flips um personalities like um just from one to the other and it's actually quite scary to see uh this kind of yeah is more obvious as well like him just saying oh look i'm going to use this guy because stephen grant's not going to help you know in this situation mm. uh yeah and i just like that how that was kind of kind of well shown um i i just want to also mention rebecca you were saying that you like more of Stephen Grant here as well. He's actually also a little a little different because um, previously yeah. we saw him uh, in the in the media industry, like as a, a film producer. And uh, yes, now we have him as a businessman. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not really um, elaborated on, so he could still be part of that. But yeah, he's very yeah, he much. Yeah, he could be. Um, he could. I mean, because they're really just talking about his investments. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So... They're not sort of. We still don't really. I mean, there's still no mention about what he actually does. Just that he's rich and has a true. portfolio. Yeah, that's right. Um, and gives a lot to charity. So I was, I was thinking that maybe moved on up to the sort of executive level in mm. media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, yeah, I, I was did definitely... love him here, and just sort of. Oh, sorry. No, just sort no, of no, quickly. Just how much I love sort of seeing him more um, invested and doing sort of nicer things as the nicer personality with still that hint of being kind of a crazed superhero vigilante. But it was like, it just made him seem really involved and really seem like a part of Mark's world instead of a good good disguise to get around to different functions for the plot to advance or something. Yeah, because he didn't seem overly philanthropic, Stephen Grant. In previous runs, right? He was just, well, in the Lemire run, he was just pretty much invested in in getting that film to happen, and and obviously there was there was no, uh, I guess there was no charity work or anything like that. So that was yeah, that was a nice touch um, to have him do something a little a little more for for the society rather than um, yeah. yeah just films. Um, yeah, well, how about the next uh, aspect? Uh, which would be another talking point, uh, and that would be, as kind of mentioned, Conchu. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Rebecca, on on how Conchu was depicted in this issue? Very different. Very different. Um, but you know what? After the last run, I quite liked it. Yeah. Um, I quite liked having him. Uh, it, it like obviously. Well, I guess we're assuming um, manifesting as a personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, in amongst the other ones, um, not entirely sure he is a uh, um, a trusted narrator. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're doing a bit unreliable narrating, but I, I'm fine with that. I quite like him. Uh, it's interesting. I kind it's because he still has a few moments about of, of being sort of snide. Like yeah. you know, he's always calling him pathetic in in the past, and there's yeah. there's a slight element of that. Yep. Yeah. Um, which kept it just just enough on the conchu side for me. Yes. Um, I also 
I know we talked briefly about the use of multiple personality disorder. Ah, yes. Uh, here, yeah. and I, I, I decided afterwards I was, almost, I was prepared to forgive it for it being comfort coming from Conchu. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Um, well, that's true as well. It um, is, it is his narration. Yeah, it's his narration because I went back and looked at it and went, do you know what? If Conchu's saying it, yeah, I have less problems with it than, uh, and I, you know, like. It, it, it's not a term that's widely in use these days anymore. Um, Just, as, as everyone's moved to dissociative yeah. identity disorder. But um, I figure cons you can get away with it. It is a bit, is a bit old fashioned still. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, um, that, that I liked sense. it. I liked, I liked the, um, I liked the, the uh, lettering change for him. Yeah. yeah. Corey Petit still doing Again. his classic cons lettering. Shout out to Corey yeah. Petit. Yeah. Corey very, very yeah. much so. Uh, and it's a, it's a great way, yeah, of, of kind of tying it into the, the previous run as well. Um, yeah, I think it's another of those things that made me just want more. I was just like, mm -hmm. I want to know more about this. I want to know more about Stephen Grant. I want to know more about Jake. I want to know more about Concha. I want to know mm. more about all of them. So I, I guess it did its job. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's definite, definitely, I think, Concha is under the thumb of, 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 uh, of Moon Knight. And, um, and, and that's off the back of the previous run which is good uh like you rebecca um i'm just waiting uh, it's he's not totally compliant you know as you say he's got some snide remarks here and there uh and look with with patient 86 and and Armin ra out there uh i have a feeling uh, conchu is going to be needed a lot more in, in a greater capacity so uh, he might be unshackled um later on down the run uh we don't know but mm -hmm. it's um yeah it's a very interesting take on conchu uh, a lot of uh, some of the loonies weren't um, too. Uh, they weren't really for it. Uh, I think I guess they felt uncomfortable with with how um, like Conchu being this basically this deity that um, has always been on Mark's back about something now now kind of taking a back seat. But yeah, look, we're only on the second issue, and and let's give it some time. Um, and Connor, what what do you think of uh, Conchu's rebirth? He was. Honestly, probably like the most jarring thing about this issue when it comes to like ah. adjusting yourself from a, like the previous runs, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like this guy seems a lot nicer and a lot friendlier than how he was in the previous um, run. But that also being confirmed by Bemis on Twitter as um, officially mm -hmm. in this run, all in his head. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it kind of works, you know. Um. Mark sort of fought his inner demons and possibly that as well could be Conchu's presence and how he feels about how he's become. So it it possibly make a lot of sense too that, you know, if he's vanquished what he thought was such a violent part of his life and sort of made him feel more at peace with itself, that Conchu, as Rebecca said, possibly even just another personality represented as something a bit nicer. And I like, especially as Tommy indicated in his uh, bare bones, that it isn't like, oh, hey, Mark, how you doing? Good morning. Hey. Mm. It's it's still kind of like this almost working relationship, you know. Um, Conchie compliments him on, like, dressing well for work, but apart from that, it doesn't seem entirely personal. And I, yeah. I really like that, and I think how Conchie was written is really enjoyable to read, and if he's a continual narrator, I, I don't think I'll ever get tired of that sort of narration style. So the, probably, like, the most jarring, but I think such a such an interesting and s cool thing that I en ended up really enjoying in the end. Yeah. And, uh, and, and a, sh a quick shout out as well, um, to, to again, Tommy, 
uh, he, he called it early on in the primer pages, uh, saying that Conchu would become one of the aspects. True, yeah. Uh, so he was mm-hmm. right on the money there. <laughs> so yeah, no, well I'll done. myself, I didn't believe him. I didn't yeah, believe him. Yeah, I was, right. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was skeptical, but no, it's uh, proven wrong. So uh, I also think it's incredibly assured of Bemis to come into a character like uh, Moon Knight, um, especially after the last few runs, and um, just pretty much lay out his manifesto here. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. like we're doing things differently. You know, like oh, and yeah. I, I don't know. I, mean, I would be terrified, like yeah. personally, He's... if I had to. I mean, like, and yeah. it's just, mm, it's I, I. So I, I fully applaud it for that. Oh. That's why, and you know, we've got plenty of issues to go through that we might have issues with down the line. But yeah. as this opening rally, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like, oh yeah, you know, totally. Uh, he. Such a bold move by Bemis. I mean, this from the first issue, 188, not featuring Moon Knight as well. So Bemis is not afraid to do, you know, to shake things up a little, uh, which is really great to see. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we can only wait and see. Um, also, as well, uh, the point with Conchu, I wanted to make perhaps what Bemis is also doing, if we uh, contrast Conchu to Amon Ra, or the Sun King, uh, and what was described in 188, um, the Sun King being more of the aggressor, uh, and a more of the, uh, you know, I guess the fiery temp- temperament, whereas Conchu is meant to show that um, uh, more calmer side. M- maybe maybe this is how Bemis kind of contrasts the two uh, between mm-hmm. each other. So, yeah, just a thought. Um, yeah, so Conchu's a big one, definitely. Uh, what else have we... Uh, we also have, obviously, one of the big intros. Mm, this is an interesting one. The truth is one of our aspects. Um, now yeah, we've, we've had, yeah, we've had articles uh, stating that you know the Sun King and the Truth are going to be two big bads for for Moon Knight and are going to be part of canon uh, for the Moon Knight corner of the universe. Um, we see potentially the Truth die in this issue straight away. Uh, what are your thoughts, Connor? Shocking. <laughs> it, it just seemed like such a build-up. I really expected another, like, 188 where we got the Sun King's introduction. It's like, bam, yeah. get ready, Mark Spector. This guy's about to destroy your life. But no, two, yeah. two crescent dots to the eyes that everyone seems, like, sort of to assume it killed him. Like, everyone's yeah. reaction to um, yeah. Jake throwing the crescent dots. Although, um, uh. Sorry, I'm gonna butcher your name, man. But uh, one of our one of our um, loonies and in the group and in the chat room, um, mm-hmm. mid midkind. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. He pointed out that uh, possibly um, Doctor Emmett surviving those flames, meaning that uh, the Sun King might even like sort of necromancy make the truth his uh his sort of own member of his little uh anti Mark posse that we uh we see forming, and I think that possibly is the way to go if the truth. Is, mm-hmm. is dead. He might still be alive and just find a way to reenact revenge blind. Yeah, I, I certainly hope the truth will be back. He's an interesting character, despite you know the uh, the brevity that he was in this issue. So I'd like to see more <laughs> of him and learn more about him. Um, uh, a, a, but I, I do admire again from Bemis. Um, uh, there was a bit of uh, smoke and mirrors, I guess, in the articles because uh, I was I was thrown by you know just the shock of him dying, um, and it was uh, one of the most uh, you know one of the the impacts in this issue. So, um, so I thought I thought that was a pretty cool uh, thing how 
what, what, what Bemis did, pulling the strings there. Um, what are your thoughts on the truth, Rebecca? Well, I'm devastated it wasn't connected to... Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, Dr. for sure. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. But, um, no, I'm not. <laughs> I thought it was a... I love his power. Yeah. I, I love it. I hope, we, I hope we do get some aspect of him back. Um, again, yeah, I was surprised what happened. I mean, like, it reminded me how much promo stuff lies. Yes. Um, <laughs> you have to remember the whole pre-Hydra cap thing. There was a lot of lying going on. Um... But I'm willing to take it for that kind of surprise. But yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in some way or form. Um, yeah, I'm so. But hope- if not, then yeah. I enjoyed my issue with him. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, I hope it won't kind of detract from it. You know, if trying to expect to see him come back. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was it was a good effect that Bemis did, and and yeah, he was interesting enough. I hope maybe even in in flashbacks we might see him. I don't I don't know, um, but it'll be good to learn more about him. Um, and uh, you know, I did enjoy the crescent darts to the eyes <laughs> in the very superhero moment there with a uh, Moon Knight um, chucking them over. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it, it was a bit of a surprise. Um, look, there are a few more uh, aspects. Um, well, there's, there's one other big one, but I wanted to also just touch because there's so many big characters in this in this uh, issue. So um, I just wanted to gather your thoughts on um, we see patient 86. Um, what um, I thought he was done really well, almost um, something unnerving about him being so calm about everything. Oh, I um, loved it. Yeah, yeah, and- I love I love him. I love him. I know we've only had him for two issues, but I love him. Yeah. He's and like the this walking murderous hippie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the fact that he's got all this power behind him. It's uh, it's, yeah. it's quite scary, actually. Uh, it's so- like nothing to him to light people on fire. Like, there's no physical exertion or no. anything. It's just... Goddamn. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. And uh, the other big uh, big personality in this issue was uh, was the end, was, was Bushman. Um, what did you think yeah. of how he was introduced? Certainly, again, another unexpected, uh, unexpected thing. Like you know, the second last page, you saw his uh, his teeth and the, and the makeup in a, in a close up of his of his mouth. So I was like, oh, okay, yep, yep, it's Bushman. We know it's Bushman. Then you turn the page, and it's uh, Bushman. Uh, not looking. Nobody shaming. No, nobody shaming. Nobody shaming. No, but like you know. Uh, He's different from what he had looked prior. He is. Mm. So there's a story behind that as well. So I love how Bemis is um, he's dropping all these things, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so all what all that we're left with uh, are like more and more questions. <laughs> so uh, what I thought with with Bushman as well, um, I thought it was good that he was revealed like in this second issue because I felt you know. Um, Lemire had done that in in the previous run, like by having you know a big last page reveal of Bushman, and I don't know for me it just felt as if that's been used as w- again as well, like um in previous runs, so it was kind of like oh gosh, you know it's a bit of a trope kind of within the Moon Knight thing, so I'm glad that Bemis had has kind of changed it up a little and has done it straight away. Um, I thought that was mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I just on on the subject of the body shaming as a weird segue um i I did actually uh, like um that you know it was obviously um the reveal like the final page reveal and was like supposed to be a bit jarring and shocking but at least like i also like that wasn't really used as like 
a weird sort of comedy at the end of the issue too. Like, I like sort of how, like, for this big change-up, it's, it's kind of nice how plain it was presented. And that, mm-hmm. that like, very interesting change, but it seems like Bemisin's assured in it and just taking that path just sort of shows his, uh, his assurity in changing, changing up the game when it comes to Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite fortuitous. We um we actually, uh, you know, doing the the Bushman spotlight, which um which we did coincidentally plan to do before actually having read this issue. So, uh, you know, uh, Conchu must be looking down on us <laughs> when we were organising this episode. Uh, before we we go into um, I guess the spotlight, we've got a couple of things just to wrap up with this issue. Uh, like any notes? Um, uh, I, I put down a few. Uh, First of it being uh, a roundabout wave that we haven't actually seen yet any of uh, Mark's supporting cast, like uh, Frenchie and Marlene. Uh, also, you know, Samuels, was, was he driving the limo? You'd assume that he would be if he's uh, under the employ of um, of uh, Stephen Grant, but, um, you know, that's only just assuming. Uh, hope to see them soon. Are you guys missing them, or, or, or what are your thoughts on, on the, uh, the characters to date? I mean, there's a lot of new characters that he's introducing, so I guess that's taking a lot of time. Yeah, but... I'm not missing them yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I... I mean, eventually I'll want to know yeah. what their status is, but right now I'm enjoying the new stuff. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of new stuff, I guess, to, to kind of feed through. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh... Um, uh, yeah, it's definitely not like sort of a my heart's aching not seeing them. I like sort of seeing uh, Mark in such a difference. Uh, different setting and knowing that um that with Bemis confirming um that they will play like um a, 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 an important part and come back into Mark's life later in the run as of course they would but it's just kind of interesting knowing that's coming and we're seeing the setup for a whole new Mark and this whole new setting and the when we finally get to seeing them again I think it'll be really rewarding and an interesting um setup and issue from everything we've got before so yeah. I like sort of the spaced out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we are, I guess, only on uh, the second issue. Oh, I'm kind of messing, missing uh, Frenchie. I kind of want him to... Because we, we did see him... I know it was all in his head, but we did see him die in the previous run, um, albeit uh, apart from the flashbacks. So, you know, I'd just like to get some assurance that what Frenchie's up to. Uh, even, even um, yeah, it'd be good to see Gina and Crawley uh, as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just, um, we'll just bide our time. We've got... Uh, as mentioned, there's a lot of characters that Bemis is introducing and, and trying to set up. So, uh, yeah, we shall wait wait and see. Uh, the other notes I had was uh, was that Mark slash Stephen Grant uh, still living in a uh, in a roach motel, as Tommy Tommy put it in the narration. Uh, again, questions are asked, like why isn't he at Grant Manor or uh, what is he doing there again? Uh, I think, Connor, you mentioned briefly that um, in one of the... Is it the bun run that he had been living in an apartment, um, Mark Spector, or or was it the wood run? He was living, he was living in like a weird sort of out of town, like mansion, wasn't he, or something? Oh, was he? Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. remember at the start of the run, it might have changed by the time we got to the bun part. But I remember in Ellis, it was like a really oh dusty. yeah, Ellis it might have was... even been like the rundown Grant Mansion, but yeah, yeah, I think it did start there, but I think he did. Uh, maybe it was one of his um, safe houses or something. Maybe he has something like the Punisher 
some safe houses all over the city. Uh, but yeah, again, more questions um, that we hope would be revealed later on. Uh, just looking at notes here, I think we've covered all the other... Um, yeah. <laughs> is another one walking hippie, Sun King doing his thing? <laughs> I think that's yours, Connor, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, well, Crescent Dart ratings. What, what would you guys give um, issue 189? Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca? Oh, I always have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, it's me every other week. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> 3.5. I'm going to be like, I'm going to judge it harshly. Ah, Ooh. okay. Okay. So you enjoy but it? But not because I didn't enjoy it. No, I no. Just, I just, yeah, I think. Get out of this house. <laughs> no, I think there's some space to go. I mean, yeah. sp- some space to go before I go up to the fives and so somewhere between three if i was being accurate 3.75 but i don't really approve of those cheap methods so <laughs> i'll go 3.5 uh, and give it some growing room how about relative to 188 would, would you rate it higher or lower just uh lower just lower but okay. not by a massive amount yeah. yeah it was a very different issue wasn't it to 188 yeah so. uh how about you kind of um i'd yeah i'd agree i'd probably give it a um four uh four out of five Mm-hmm. Give it. Um, I like, um, yeah, the first one was uh, 188 more so than the one issue, I don't know. Yes. Um, was uh, sort of very different the way how it felt so complete and rounded. This is still, and one thing I forgot to mention about Conchu, this is still very, an introductory issue. This is really it well is. done and getting new readers into Moon Knight, like the yes. truth being sort of, even as, like, even if he does come back, he worked really well as a one-off, like almost a Monster of the Week villain. Mm-hmm. Um we got Conchu narrating it, and obviously that doesn't make it the most, like, explosive, well, five out of five issue, but, I mean, the writing, like, hasn't declined. It's still just as strong for what this issue wanted to do. We just can't rave enough about the art and the colours. Oh, and, gosh, the art Like, the brilliant. sequence in the um, uh, tunnels where we got... um. The new, um, the new Inca on Burroughs' art, and we saw the light on his wrist flash up, and how that played the room was just incredible yes. detail, and like how brutal Burroughs is, how effective it is. Um, I love seeing like, like specific details of like Mark hitting, um, the truth in the face, and that rips out a um, a um, oh the ring, mouth ring. Yeah, yeah. it's just it like from an art and writing perspective, like obviously it's just as fantastic. But just the way the issue is, I think it's definitely a, a four out of five. Mhm, mhm. And uh, yeah, I'd have to agree uh, with Connor. I'd say four out of five as well. I really enjoyed it. Um, different, different to one eighty eight as mentioned. Uh, look, it plays a lot to my um, my uh, morbid want for uh, for seeing Moonlight dish out violence so there was a lot of fighting and and uh, i just love how he's such an aggressive um superhero like he's faced with this rather large guy in the truth and he just launches into him uh and and obviously his introduction as well in the bar scene uh which we saw in one of the previews but we see again uh i just thought it was great it was very different um but as you mentioned it was a setup issue as well uh and i have to also mention as well impressed with Burroughs's art I think I can't say that enough like we were um given Smallwood absolutely incredible artist and Moon Knight's fallen into having another great artist so um you know as Moon Knight fans you're just so lucky uh and I just wanted to mention as you as you said Connor um that shining light um panel with Moon Knight the colors there were really good the train scene 
Uh, I actually thought as well, I'd have to point out um, the introduction of Mark Spector as he goes into the hotel. He's he's one cut dude, you know? He's, um, you know, he goes up yes. to the hotel and he's ironing. I, his... I can't say I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how he's got the old uh, Sin City Marv, you know, band-aids on his face and he's kind of all a bit you know, a bit rough and ready, but, uh, he, you know, he's still, um, still in peak condition. Um, so fantastic art from Burroughs and I can't stress that enough as well. I like that he irons his moon knight. Yeah, yeah, I found that hilarious. I mean, so did I. Yeah. I thought it was just a business shirt at first, but then you see the close up, there's a moon there. So it's yeah. just like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, but also the detail with, um, like the people on the streets that patient 86 see, uh, just the so much detail. level of the detail. Tattoos on his arms. Oh my gosh! Oh. It's yeah. So that, that was... like punk outfit especially was just yes. loaded Amazing. with detail. Very good. Uh, he must have blown that up really big and just reduced it to get all that detail in. But uh, those sorts of things kind of won me over for it. And uh, and with those divisive you know elements in in the book, um, look, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Bemis wants to shake the tree, and he's done that. So. Um, yeah, I'm just going to see what, what pans out. So, um, yeah, that was uh, ugh, average, uh, you know, 3.8 something. It was, uh, uh, it was a pretty good issue, guys. I, I thought that was, um, yeah, uh, highly enjoyable. Oh, also as well, I see um, Stephen Grant has that uh, scar on his left eyebrow still. So nice little detail touch there with, uh, with Mark Spector's. There's some just beautiful <laughs> stuff. And they go from... They st- there's another bit where they, they have, like, right at the beginning when it's Konshu narrating, mm-hmm. they've got the fuzzy panel edges, and then you go to the really sharp panel edges again. Oh, it's just, gosh. There's some really nice touches. Nice touches, yep. Brilliant. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I, know, I just love it, and the colouring is amazing. Yeah, the colouring is good. Lopez, um, I hope he sticks around Marvel for a lot, you know, a lot longer as well. Um, yeah, he's definitely a talent. Well, with that segue of the, the final reveal of the issue, we have... Um, how are we going for time, guys? I think we might uh, we might hold off on the Funko Pop review if that's uh, if that's yeah. cool, um, and uh, we can do that with with gusto uh, in another episode. Let's um, let's look at again information compiled by our uh, loony on the street, Tommy Cavill. Uh, he's given us some information on Bushman, and uh, we we spotlighted uh, Morpheus and Stained Glass Scarlet uh, previously. Uh, and we thought it's high time we better um, give you a bit of a, a rundown. Any new potential new Looney or Moon Knight fans out there with uh, with Bushman? So, um, so let's kick it off. Uh, look, I'll I'll uh, I'll just go first. Bushman's also known as Raoul Bushman, um, and he appeared in Moon Knight uh, Volume One in 1980, number one, and issues nine to ten. Uh, he was in Mark Spector Moon Knight, which is uh, which started off in 1989. Issues one to three, eleven to sixteen, and thirty-seven. Uh, he also was shown in uh, the 1998 Moon Knight run, issues one, three, and four. Uh, the Houston run in Moon Knight, um, 2006, issues two to four, and in issue six, uh, in Horitz's uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight in 2009, uh, he was shown in issues uh, two to six there. Uh, I think predominantly as kind of like a resurrected um, 
villain. Uh, he was in the Heroic Age, Villains, 2011, issue one, and in Moon Knight, um, just uh, the run prior, in 2016, issues 12 to 13. Um, uh, Rebecca, uh, how about Bushman's any known powers and abilities? He has no known superhuman powers, he's, but he's the peak human physical strength, highly athletic and agile. He's an expert in hand-to-hand combat, uh, but with no known discipline in fighting arts. It's assumed he's received some formal training. Mm. Uh, he's an expert in guerrilla warfare and deception techniques, highly proficient in the use of, the most, of most conventional firearms. Um, he's often depicted with sharpened metal teeth, um, with his teeth serving as a hidden weapon. As they would. As they would, yeah. They're like gold teeth, I think, as well, aren't they? So, yeah. I wouldn't know which metal. um, (laughs) Yeah, true. It might be... uh, Gold wouldn't be great, though, for it. Just pointing that out. Oh, okay. Because... Wouldn't that leave All the such scientists a bad... in my family would point that out if I was like, you know. <laughs> that leave a bad taste Gold. in your mouth, I suppose. Well, it's just too soft. You'd have oh, to that's have... true. <laughs> like, oh, okay. You'd have to, yeah. yeah. It would have to be like um, a low grade of gold or mixed with something else. Ah, oh, yes. Gold color. Yeah, that's true. So. Uh, yeah, and uh, Connor, um, <laughs> I'll give you the opportunity to to go through. Uh, the biography. Look, Loonies, we'll, we'll have these in the show notes. So um, it's quite extensive from Tommy. Um, but uh, maybe the basics, Connor? Uh, yeah. Well, um, his basics are Raoul, Raoul Bushman, yeah. uh, former soldier of fortune who worked predominantly within, within African states. Ultimately, he was admitted as a patient at Ravencroft Asylum in New York. Prior to Moon Knight's presence on American streets, Bushman led a team of mercenaries with Mark Spector as his lieutenant and uh, Jean-Paul Frenchy Duchamp as another mercenary in the corpse, history presented below. Bushman was admitted to Ravencroft after an important battle with Moon Knight and Vengeance of the Moon Knight Six. Based upon later Moon Knight series, it has been implied that Bushman is of Western descent, perhaps American-born or from Western Europe. Look, there's not really much more to it, I I guess, unless... um uh, we'll, we'll put these in the show notes and you have a good read, read through, but, um... Tommy mentions he has steel, stainless steel glass, ah, uh, steel teeth. Okay, so he's stainless steel. Steel teeth later on. Yeah. Not sharp, not stainless, I made that up. Just <laughs> steel. Just, Just the steel. steel. That makes sense. Fair enough. Sorry, I misread it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that answers that before he, um, he lets us know that. Oh, yes. It's not gold. True. Um... How about uh, who else? Connor? Uh, oh no! Uh, uh, sorry, Rebecca. Notable quotes. Notable quotes from Moon Knight, nineteen eighty, issue two. And I'll grant you this much, Spectre. You did stop me, but only temporarily. You see, in a way, I created you, Moon Knight. It wasn't the broken statue down there. It was me. And if I had the power to create you, I certainly have the power to destroy you, just as easily as I destroyed the statue. <laughs> And then from Mark Spector, Moon Knight, 1987, uh, issues 11-14. Your precious king is dead, Moon Knight. You've lost the soul possessing you. You're already dead, deader than you were in that tomb before Khonshu supposedly resurrected you. And another one. Mm -hmm. And the snarled words have their desired effect. Despite Moon Knight's rational thoughts to the contrary, he feels an empty numbness, the loss of life, a spiritual vacuum. Yes, he's... um. He's definitely a taunter to Moon Knight and to Mark. He's definitely a taunter, and he definitely likes to bring it back to Konshu and Mark's death. 
He does. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I, I wonder if um, yeah, I wonder Bushman's take on on Conchu as well, um, because yeah. here that that um quote that you mentioned, he seems quite um skeptical at the whole Conchu thing. Um, so in this latest run with with Bemis, um, you know, with this guy saying that he serves Amon Ra. Uh, I wonder how he would take on this guy and uh, and how much he would believe uh, in that, the Sun King and Conchu. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how he reacts to um, Patient 86 as well, coming as Ra. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Well, he's got, yeah, I guess you can't argue with the fire. So he's got, yeah. Um... <laughs> you certainly cannot argue with the fire. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't as well. <laughs> um, Connor, and finally, uh, I guess the physical, physical appearance of Bushman. Uh, Bushman is easily recognised by his white death's head mask, also called Demon Skull, tattooed on his face. Beyond this, he's usually depicted in military slash mercy fatigues, uh, tactical vest, pants, boots. He's also known for his sharpened steel teeth that he sometimes employs as a weapon. NB, when Bushman appeared in his undercover attempt to assassinate Russian ambassadors, the death's head tattoo was missing. At the time, he sported only a dark, less conspicuous, ray-like design on his forehead. Resulting from Moon Knight's act of murder and decision to skin Bushman's face with a crescent dart in Houston's run uh, series 2006, Bushman has been depicted as a faceless monstrosity in several issues. Houston's uh, Conchu uses the image of the faceless Bushman to terrorize Spectre. Hurwitz Bushman is resurrected without his face, only to ask for his face to be returned with his new life. Bushman then replaces his uh, skin face with staples. Uh, and wears his former skin as a new mask. She several of Bushman's headshots used in Vengeance of the Moon Knight were clear models for issues 12 to 13 in Lemire's 2016 Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, wasn't there, um, was there like a Joker? Do you reckon there, there might have been a bit of cross-pollination there? With Wasn't there a run where the Joker stapled his face on um, himself? I'm not big, uh, a big enough Batman fan I would fan be to surprised, know. but that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's, the, um, that's the big... Uh, Death of the Family, um, yeah, like right. the third yeah. trade of the uh, New 52 Snyder run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a bit of a Joker-esque thing there with with Bushman. But uh, yeah, he's... Um, uh, and I think one Although of the... I think Hurwitz uh, predated... Oh, he did? Run. Oh, great. I think so. Yeah. Yay, we win. <laughs> there's no, no comparisons between Moon Knight and Batman. We just <laughs> Maybe Ray's the biggest perpetrator of this all along. And we just know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, I think as we mentioned in one of the other articles as well, Bushman would definitely have to be censored if he ever were to make it, uh, I guess, into the MCU or the Netflix, because he is just surrounded with grizzly. Grizzly details, um, especially with uh, his face being being cut off. But uh, but there, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah that just thing. just that little thing, yeah. Um, but there you have it, loonies. Um, that was a, um, a spotlight on on Bushman, uh, as mentioned in, in the show notes. I'm going to put Tommy's awesome in-depth work on, on Bushman on there for you to read. Uh, yeah, but, if you're new to Moon Knight at all, or like just jumping in, as we know a few uh, listeners are. By all means, check that out. Fully detailed. Fantastic. Thank you once again, Tommy. You're absolute legend. Yeah. It is awesome. Thank you so much, Tommy. Uh, that leads into, I guess, um, we're almost done. Um, that leads us to just a spectacle. Again, would like to thank Tommy Cavill from Michigan, USA again. Thank you so much for all your hard work. Uh, it certainly was a surprise. Uh, and 
it's been nice chatting with you as well and, and to hear that you, you've enjoyed it. So um, hopefully we can have you on again uh, some other time as well. Uh, and finally, I guess, Connor, to uh, oh, any 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 other final thoughts, um, Rebecca or Connor, on, on uh, the issue 189? No, 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 I can't wait for the next. Can't one. wait for the yeah, yeah. Just gonna say, <laughs> and uh, the truth is, the issue was pretty good. Was that know, so- was a good issue? Yeah, it was a good issue. I'm gonna come and punch you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we're back to monthly then, aren't we? So yeah, one night. Yeah, um, I yeah. think it's the twentieth or twenty seventh of this month. We received the uh, big issue one ninety, uh, Moon Knight versus Sun King. Which will be, Ooh, that will be good. I know, a what big nice, one. Uh, promo image. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh, can't wait. But but between now and then, I guess we can reread 188 and 189 <laughs> until that comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Connor, um, where can all the loonies or any potential loonies find us? Uh, plenty of loonies. In fact, all of the loonies can find us uh, on our website, intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. You can email us any thoughts, uh questions, queries, anything uh, at moonnightpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. And our Facebook group where we've met people like Tommy and plenty mm-hmm. of other great loonies is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. Get in there. Moon Knight discussion 24-7. It might be <laughs> dawning, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, our Twitter handle is at itkmoonnight. Uh, we've got Instagram, Tumblr. YouTube, search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. You're bound to find us. Hopefully, Google doesn't hate us that much. Uh, <laughs> and just about every uh, podcast catcher, you uh, you better believe it. We'll yeah. probably be there. We're, we're out there. So, um, yeah, give us, um, tell your friends. <laughs> give us a go. <laughs> I don't know. To, I forgot to mention also um, uh, next phase. Uh, next phase. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll have. Um, uh, we'll continue on our classic run. So we'll have Defenders. Uh, it's issue 48. Uh, if you remember, a while back, we actually um, reviewed uh, Defenders 47, which is technically the next Moon Knight appearance, if we're going to go chronologically. Um, but we'll go to uh, issue 48. Uh, and we also, Connor, I believe, will be doing Resurrection War. Hell yeah, we will be. Hell yeah. As a sort of new run. Yeah, as a as a the, to kick off a new run, so that's a smaller arc, um, four parts to that. Uh, Rebecca, have you read uh, Re- Resurrection War? Not for a long time. Uh, I've never read it before. This yeah. will be my first. Dip. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's good art and uh, and, a, and a good it story. Is, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, look looking forward to that. Um, Rebecca, once again, um, thank you so much for for coming on, and thank you, Lucky. Surprisingly, was Lucky around or? She's been on the windowsill the whole time. Wow, oh, well. really? <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. She just, she's been very quiet because she's trying to be a good girl and be let out. Yeah, hasn't, <laughs> hasn't, has, hasn't nuzzled against your, uh, your mouse, trying to grab your attention. No, no? she, she had a little purr down the microphone, but it yeah. was a bit quiet. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, mostly she just wants to. She's in my arms right now. Ah, very sweet. A uh, little Macy waltzed yeah. in. He, uh, I'm not sure if it picked it up on the microphone. He, he let out a little meow. But uh, I have to have a <laughs> listen there. But he's waltzed back out again. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps it. Um, Connor, can I throw 
Oh, I was about to say, can I throw you out? No, that's not it. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask <laughs> oh, you? To, I didn't realize I was doing that bad a job. <laughs> Jesus. No, oh, can I, God. Can I ask you to, can I throw to you to, uh, to, to sign us off? <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Rebe- uh, Rebecca, for coming on as always. Thank you, Ray, for hating no me so much, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and may Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Thanks again, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.